0: and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show, or welcome if you are a first-time listener. So glad to have you here. So the big announcement for me, the big exciting thing on my end is that Your Hormone Revival officially opens next week, March 1st. Mark your calendar, set your timer, all that jazz. You'll get an email if you've been on the wait list, if you're not yet on the wait list, um. Head to the website, thefunctionalnutritionist.com forward slash YHR, and you just pop your, pop your email in, and we'll email you directly. Um, to celebrate today, we're going to talk a bit about hormones, everybody's favorite. Specifically though, how to support your hormones by supporting your brain. So that's a big one there, um, and often overlooked when we're talking about hormone balance. So I'm going to start things off with a story that for some reason I feel very compelled to tell you. I also have to let you know my husband and daughter are watching a movie downstairs and we just got a new subwoofer. And by we, obviously, my husband, Um, we have so many speakers. I'm like, do we really need another speaker? Like there's so many speakers in our house. Anyway, it's pretty bassy, so hopefully you can't hear. I have a pretty, pretty good mic. But if you hear weird background noise, it's just them watching Groundhog Day for, I don't know, the 40th time. Is that appropriate for a seven-year-old? I don't know. I'm not sure, but here we are. Um, anyway, the story, and this kind of ties into a my New Year's, I don't know, it's not New Year's resolution, but like a goal. One of my big goals for 2022 was to spread wellness. Kind of like if you think about spreading disease, it's like the opposite, spreading wellness. Um, I heard somebody say this term on a Podcast. They weren't trying to say anything like really profound. They just happened to like say those two words together. And it, I was in the sauna listening to it and it just stuck in my brain. I'm like, that is what I, that's exactly what I want to do. That's, that's what I want to do this year, like more so than ever. And even every time I sit down to record an episode, like before I grab the mic, I'm always like creating an intention and like kind of infusing that intention into the episode of like this, this almost like ripple effect. And so this is the story that I want to share with you today. If you are big into synchronicities and like signs, um, because they're out there, it's just a matter of like paying attention to them and, and, you know, watching for them. Um, you will, you'll totally dig this story. So, um, A few years ago, I was trying to think of the exact timeline. I would say maybe four years ago. I'm guessing like around four years ago. I was really kind of um, like, I don't know if burnout was the right word. I was just second guessing myself a lot in my business. Like, is this the right path for me? Am I making a difference? That kind of stuff. Um, And one day I went to this spot where I would go trail running, but I just was too tired to actually run. So I sat down on a rock. And I was meditating and I was kind of like looking for answers to what I was going through, looking for guidance. And as I was sitting on the rock, I was in front of a pond. I don't, I don't know if I said that, but it's a very important part of this story because fish would kind of come up to the surface. I don't know. Do they eat bugs or like are I don't know. The fish would kind of come up to the surface. And every time that happened, there would be this ripple, um, you'd see this ripple in the water. And I kept seeing that over and over. And it was like, you know, in a very meditative state. And I was like, this is this is the sign. I have to keep going because even though I don't feel like I'm making big, significant change working one-on-one with people, which is the the entire structure of my business at that time for the most part, I have to trust that if I can impact change in that one person, they're going to go and impact change in in the people in their lives. And that is a really beautiful thing. And I just have to trust that that's going to happen. Soon after I got really sick with a head cold and uh, it was a Saturday. I remember we were going to pick up pellets for our pellet stove, which is not relevant to the story. I don't know why I said it, but I was like, I was driving home and could, it was like struggling to breathe. And I'm like, I actually think I have to go to urgent care or something. This isn't right. So because I went to urgent care, it was a Saturday, um, I didn't see my doctor. It was somebody I'd never seen before. Um, And he was so kind and patient and wonderful. And I don't remember his name, but I wish I did because this was such a pivotal moment. He started talking about because I was very congested. He was talking about dairy and like started having this food conversation with me. And I mean, when have you ever gone into an urgent care and somebody started talking to you about nutrition? It usually doesn't happen. So I shared with him what I do for a living. And he was like, oh, wow. So he was like super jacked up. And I don't know why he said this to me because I didn't share with him that I was having this like, you know, career, existential career crisis, but I said, uh, but he said to me, like, I know it's really hard and I know that it feels like what you're doing doesn't make a difference, but everything you do has a ripple effect. He literally said that, it has a ripple effect. He's like, stay the course, the tsunami is coming. Every time I tell this story, I just get such, I mean, I feel like I'm going to cry and I get goosebumps. Um and then, not long after that, I was looking for office space for uh, to rent for my, you know, for my practice. And I ended up meeting with this woman in Portsmouth who did who was a therapist. And the 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 space didn't end up working out. It was just a little bit too far from where where I wanted to be. Um, but we ended up chatting, and she invited me into this circle that she was hosting where she brings in a channel and the channel channels messages to the participants. And you also have the option of ske- you know, having a one-on-one appointment with the channel. And I'm into, like, you know, if you've been around the block for a minute, you know I'm into like far out stuff like that. I'm like, yes, sign me up. The weirder, the better. Um, and in that appointment, that one-on-one 30-minute appointment, the channel channeled some really like whoa messages to me. And I left. And in the moment, I'm like, this is real. I'm like, everything is like connect, connecting and clicking. And then you leave the experience. And if you've ever had like a profound, like spiritual experience, you know, like once you get back into like IRL, like into your day-to-day life, you kind of like second guess, was that real? Was that really, really real? So I'm driving home from this appointment. And I was like, show me a sign that this was real. Show me a sign that this, like, this is legit, that that actually just happened. And I was on the highway. I was going over a bridge and there, um, a car with a trailer that was like trailing a boat behind the car passed me. And the license plate on the trailer said the word ripple. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I am not questioning this. And it was basically a sign from the universe to keep going. Stay the course. And so I was thinking about this. And I was, as I was organizing my thoughts for this episode, I was thinking about this, thinking about my this goal of twenty, this 2022 goal for myself of spreading wellness. It just feels a little bit like, uh, I don't know if it's a full circle moment, but just kind of like, ah, this feels really good because I've been, you know, this ripple effect has been going on for a long time. And like, you know, the more people I can reach through this podcast and the more, you know, you hear these things that we talk about in this podcast and then you go out and you spread it around. I mean, that's, that's the shit, you know, that's the joint, that's the jam right there. Um, And I am super, super proud to be able to continue to honor, uh, to, to offer this resource as a free to consumer resource. And that is only made possible by our sponsors. So I do want to take a sec to thank our sponsors here. Since we're talking about hormones and stuff like this, I figured I would answer a question that's come in quite a bit about the Organifi Gold Powder. People are like, how do you use that? What's your favorite way to use that? And I personally like to mix it. It's it is a gold powder. So it's like it's like a golden milk powder. So it does have some. Um, coconut milk powder in it. So, technically, you could mix it with hot water, but I like to uh, mix it with coconut milk or some non dairy milk like almond milk. I, l- I like the taste of it a little bit better and I serve it as a hot drink. And I love to do this around my period. So, when I'm menstruating, because it has the turmeric, which helps to reduce inflammation, it has the lemon balm in it as well. I am a lemon balm fan. <laughs> And, uh, an advocate for lemon balm. It's one of my favorite herbs. I love it in tea form. I love it in tincture form. I love it in my Organifi Gold Powder. And it's very soothing. It's a nervy and kind of helps to calm everything down. So that is honestly my one of my favorite ways to use the Organifi Gold Powder is as like a warming, soothing beverage at night. Um, We're just wrapping up a round of the carb compatibility project. And I know folks love to lean heavily on the Organifi powders as a sweet treat at night. So that is how I recommend it. You can check it out yourself heading to Organifi.com. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Be sure to use code FUNK to save 20% off of your purchase. And I'm super pumped to announce that we have continued on with our partnership with BioCult through 2022. Uh, BioCult is a phenomenal probiotic company. The boosted product is the one that I most recommend. It is broad spectrum, great price point. And um, at the end of last year, I had kind of like a weird amount of people reach out to me to tell me how much they are loving BioCult. People literally wrote like multiple times, this probiotic has changed my life. So people are out there. The people have spoken and they are out there getting the good results. And that is something that I, as a clinician, is super important to me. I've had, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? And sometimes I look at products and I'm like, I think they have a really great marketing budget, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But for me as a healthcare practitioner, I'm always like, cool, you're using a lot of like big fancy buzzwords, but like, does your product actually help people? That's the most important thing to me. So it delights me to hear that so many of you are benefiting from the BioCult Boosted Probiotic. If you haven't tried it before, head to the link in our show notes, use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your probiotic purchase. And we closed out the CCP, um, the carb compatibility project at, uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm going to share this and I, sh- I'm sharing this cause I really want you to listen, especially if you still kind of are attached to this idea that investing in yourself or taking care of yourself or showing up for yourself or living your life for yourself is somehow selfish. um, Here's a comment from somebody who is in the, in the process of doing the CCP. She said, this is not a question, just a comment of gratitude. Thank you so much, Erin, for all you do. I started with the prep week after three weeks of working on refueling my body. I am feeling some changes. I'm a teacher and am usually wiped out by the end of the day. Grouchy, almost zero patients left, and it was taking every ounce of my energy just to make it through my last class. Not anymore. I feel positive and energetic all day long. My productivity during my planning periods is insane. Brain fog is gone. As an added bonus, I haven't felt bloated as of late and my energy and motivation for exercise is finally starting to turn. Thank you, Erin. The work you do matters and is appreciated by so many, which is obviously just heartwarming for me to hear, but I want you to take something away from this. We can invent A laundry list of reasons of why we shouldn't do something. Like we want to do something, we kind of intuitively know it's the right next step for us. Like I need that thing, I want to do that thing, I want to participate in that thing. But we have a a reason maybe it's money, maybe it's time, maybe where we feel guilty for pulling our attention away from other things like work or family or other priorities. And what I want what I, what I, why I pulled this quote for you to read today is that it is not selfish to take care of yourself. It's not selfish to allocate the time or the money to do something for yourself. It is not. This person in, invested in the CCP, she participated, she made the changes, she made the time investment, and she has pa- she's not grouchy anymore she's not patient i mean she she's she's patient she has more energy right she's positive she's energetic all day long don't you think that impacts the students in her class don't you think that impacts her friends and her coworkers and her family don't you think the people in her life want her to feel that way because not only is she benefiting herself but she's benefiting every single person around her this my friends is the ripple effect and it starts with you. It starts with you, but you have to take action. You have to make a decision. You have to invest in yourself. Whatever that looks like, it doesn't have to be cashola, cash money millionaires. It can be time. It can be energy. It can be a simple like reframe in the brain like now is my time. And I'm never going to stop advocating for you to do that. Listen. If you're on the fence about joining YHR, I would love to push you over that fence and get you on the side of signing up because I know how much benefit people receive from this program. But even not like, think about ways to support yourself, and think about ways that that could benefit other people. I have this new motto, and I'm using it with myself. I'm using it with all of my friends, at like my just anybody who's kind of like, I don't know if I should do this everybody wins. This is the new motto. Everybody wins. If I take care of me, everybody wins, right? If I'm talking to a mom of young kiddos, you take care of you, your whole family wins, right? If I'm talking to a business owner, you take care of you, your whole business, all your clientele, everybody wins. Your, your, your employees, your coworkers, everybody wins. And I, I swear to you, it is the truth. If you can really embody this, if you can really get behind this, because you can't just say the words, you actually have to believe them. If you can embody if you can get behind it, I promise you this will change the game for you. Everybody wins. Um, so if this is a belief that kind of follows you around, like, oh, I shouldn't do something for myself because it's kind of selfish, I really want you to uh, challenge that belief in yourself. I want you to prove the opposite to yourself. So I want you to think about one thing that you've done for yourself that benefited other people. You can think about it right here as as I'm talking. You can go ahead and you can journal it out later on. And again, this isn't to convince you to sign up for YHR, although I would love to have you. This is really to showcase to you how meeting your own needs, how fulfilling your own desires gets to benefit other people too. We all get to win. That's an awesome thought. And it's something I've thrown a lot of my energy behind. And I'm telling you what, everybody in my life is winning because of it um, here's another thing. This, this just came up. I was just reading, flipping through a book that I've read like a hundred times. And this, I always like a new thing jumps out at me each time I read it. And so this is one, and it's a quote from A Course in Miracles. I personally don't study A Course in Miracles, but I, 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 I guess I learn from or benefit from, uh, the teachings indirectly because a lot of people that I consume, I don't know, books and, and, um, courses and stuff from do study a course in miracles. So it's kind of like, I guess it has a ripple down effect you could say, but there's this one quote that jumped out at me. Do you want the problem or do you want the answer? So you can apply this to anything. Let's, you know, it could be health related. It could be energy related. It could be symptom related. It could be career related. It could be whatever, whatever, whatever a problem is that you're identifying right now. Do you want the problem or do you want the answer? Because as humans, we love to argue for our own limitations, why we can't do the thing we want or why we can't have the thing we want to have. But we need to reorganize our brain toward the solution instead. Rather than focusing on all the reasons why we can't do a thing or can't have a thing, what if instead we had a little perspective shift and we started thinking about the ways that it was possible? This is a way that we can like truly change our brain. Um, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, there was a time a few years back where I, I, I was... Recognizing that things in my work in my business w- was not working for me, it was back when I was a company of one, so I had literally no help. It was every single thing that was done was done by me, whether that was emails or podcast or uh, you know running group programs or one on one stuff. It was all done by me. Um, I was feeling very overworked, very overwhelmed, but I was also feeling kind of stuck, entrapped, and, and not really knowing. What to do. So um, Scott said to me, <laughs> he's, he's a little bit of a tough love type of guy. He's like, You're the one driving this train. You can slow it down. And when he said that, the, like, the truth is, I re- realized I don't want to slow it down. I have no desire or intention to slow it down. But I did see how I was responsible for this. I was responsible for what I had created, number one, and I was responsible for keeping it in alignment with my own needs. You heard? I recognized that I was responsible for keeping my life, my business, my work in alignment with my own needs. No one else could do that for me. But I didn't know the answer. So it's like, okay, I recognize that there's a problem here. I get that it's my problem to solve, but I didn't know the answer. So this is where I kind of had to do the reframe because I was so focused on the problem that I wasn't available for any answer to come in. It's like oh gosh, I always butcher this, but it's Einstein quote. It's like no problem can be solved at the same level of consciousness that that created it. You know, like I needed a new level of consciousness. But when I was so hyper focused on the problem and like talking about the problem, complaining about the problem, the problem, the problem, the problem, there was no space for a new solution to present itself. So I had to carve out that space. And I did it on vacation down in St. Augustine, uh, where my mom lives. So we, we took a trip down to St. Augustine. We do that once a year. And my goal for that week was to kind of ask myself the question, what could this look like? I see what it looks like now. I recognize it's a problem. What could the solution look like? I am open to seeing this a new way. I was able to, like I did a lot of, I'm a verbal processor, so I did a lot of walking and talking with my mom. I, I just, I did a lot of journaling. And in that week, the entire new structure of my business downloaded to me, including Your Hormone Revival. Um, so this works. I, this is just one example of like so many times where something very similar has happened. And so I think that's very cool because. Um, one of the people that I bu- always buy courses from, she's always like, I recorded this course in the vibe of like whatever she was building at the time. And I'm like, huh, that's a funny way to market something. Like, But then I started thinking about, well, okay, I kind of I recorded YHR when I was in the vibe of like opening up to a new way of seeing things, recognizing that things needed to change for my own mental and physical health and for my own enjoyment, for my own peace of mind. But I was feeling unsure how, so I reorganized myself around the space of a solution instead of the space of the problem. And hey, guess what? The solution came to me. (laughs) So. That's like kind of what I was working through while I was writing and recording all the modules. And in hindsight, I just think that that's kind of magical because that is actually what so many women are coming to the program for. And that's like the energy of the container is essentially set with that intention, right? For you to be able to see things in a new way, your life, your thoughts, your habits, and your body. So let's get into today's show. That was a, you know, it was a roundabout way to say like, "Hey, let's talk about how the brain affects hormones." But for some reason, all that needed to come through me. So I, I'm trusting that uh, somebody got something out of that whole ramble, ramble on, Rose. All right, so let's switch gears slightly um, and talk about hormones. So. I've addressed on the show before how so much of our medical research has been done on males. Male physiology is just a little bit easier to study because it's pretty straightforward. Whereas women have hormones, yay, and they fluctuate throughout the course of a month, right? So it's not as stable, it's not as steady, Eddie. Um, but what we're seeing now, which, you know, super grateful for is that there is more attention to female physiology. There is more attention being paid to female hormones, and there's a lot more conversations being had about this. Um, And I'm starting to see questions come through in my channel's that goes something like this. How do I regulate my hormones? Right? We've identified that hormone imbalance can be a problem. So the question is like, well, how do I fix that problem? How do I regulate my hormones? What are quick tips to balance my hormones? What's a good hormone reset plan? And so the way I'm always paying attention, not just to the questions people ask, but the way they ask the questions and the words that they use. Because the way that these questions are phrased tells me that we're still not fully understanding how the whole system with all it, all its subsystems all work together, how they all interface. Because if you really want to regulate, to use that word, hormones, you have to go all the way up to the top. You have to go to the master regulator, which is the brain. And so that's going to be the focus of our chat today. There is no reset button for hormones. Hormones are out of whack in response to other things, right? So I, I, again, I've talked about this concept on the show. I really think it's, you know, so many of these concepts have to be repeated over and over and over. So if you're brand new to the show, you'll get some new tidbits. If you're a longtime listener, you'll hear some, um, some themes repeated, but I think they're all pretty worthy of repeating. So if you think about the hor- uh, hormones, it's kind of like a gauge on the car. It's alerting you to something that, that is off. Right? Like something is, you gotta pay attention to something here. So, when uh, in your hormone revival, we're always kind of like trying to figure out what is the thing? What are the things that could be throwing the hormones off? Um, and I'm really like, to, you know, I'm really thoughtful about the way that I name my program. So, it's your hormone revival. What's the definition of revival? It's to make someone or something strong, healthy, or active again. And that is always my goal, right? With hormone, it's, it, we talk about hormones. We learn about hormones, but ultimately the goal and the intention is to revive that vitality in you. It's, it's in you. It's still in you, I promise. <laughs> I want to remind you that it's still there. It might be lying dormant. So we have to kind of remove all of the blocks to that vitality that's still deep in you. And I want to remind you that your body is Always trying to heal itself, always. We just need to figure out the ways we're interrupting that process, right? We gotta identify the blocks and remove them. That's part of the YHR process. Um, The other definition for revival is renewed attention or interest in something, which I think it kind of speaks to like hormones. You know, female hormones are getting their time in the sun right now. Um, I've referred to the YHR education modules as a user's manual for your own body. We we kind of like attempt to demystify your body's uh, symptoms because symptoms are basically just, you know, your body's communication. What is your body trying to tell you? You know, this kind of... um, build off of the conversation that I had last week with Andrea. What is your body communicating to you? Like, do you have a system in place for listening to what your body's trying to tell you? Yes or no? If not, we should probably put one in place because it's kind of a big deal. It's really important. We also want to decode these symptoms. Like what do they mean? And understand the body systems at large. And honestly, it's this, it's really this reason that Uh, My podcasts, like any content that I put out, my podcast, Instagram, and especially my programs are always so information and education heavy. I get that it's a lot. I get that not everybody wants to know like high level detail. But for a lot of people, I think it's wicked important to start to understand our bodies, to start to understand all the systems that you're working with, how they interact with each other. And if you have this understanding, then you can understand why you're doing what you're doing. And you can understand what you need to do to make changes. I think about the Joe Dispenza quote. As soon as I heard it, I was like, get my notepad, got to write this one down. He said, the importance of assigning meaning to what you're doing causes you to gain value from the experience. So if we can understand how our thoughts, our actions, and our behaviors can influence physiology, we're going to be really motivated to do the things to start to change this so we can influence our physiology. And we're going to be more motivated to stick with the practice of doing that because we understand the why. And we're derived, if we understand the why, we can derive value from it. And this is the way that we can begin to use our own biology to heal. It's this education, it's this understanding that Comes the catalyst for change. So this is why I love to lead with information. Um, but, 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 but the information is not the only like the, the information is not going to be the thing to save you. I refer to it as the "it" factor. I've probably mentioned the if, it factor here on the show before. I talk about it a lot with my mentees in the Functional Nutrition Academy um, as it relates to running a practice and all that kind of stuff but the it factor stands for information integration and transformation so we need to consume you know learn new information totally but then in order to really make changes we have to integrate that information so think about how much information okay so if you if you're multitasking if you've kind of drifted off i want you to come back to me now at this part at this part think about how much information you consume about health Right? Are, maybe you're consuming podcasts, you're reading articles online, you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok. I don't know what you get up to, but think about how much information is coming at you on any given day. We know that for the most part, just having the information doesn't create the changes we desire. So, my next question is, and this is an important one, how much time do you spend consuming information? versus how much time do you spend integrating information? Uh, And like, just as a little PS, as a little aside here, if you're someone who is constantly scrolling, constantly consuming, and you've identified it as a problem, um, stay to the end, because we're going to talk about why that might be the case, and it actually has a lot to do with what's going on at the level of your brain and your neurotransmitters, all right? So stick around to the end. But right now, think about how much time you spend consuming information versus how much time you spend integrating it. That's a big one. So I remember a few episodes ago when I was talking about when I went to, uh, I did my like little mini retreat and how people were like, yeah, girl, get it, get it, get it. Fill up that cup, girl. Like they were giving, (laughs) they were all giving me the advice, you know, about like why I should put myself first and take this time. And I'm like, like, this is me doing it. This is, this is me doing it. Um, This is me leaving. This is me leaving. Uh, Name that movie. Uh, But that I was kind of like, right. Right, totally. I'm embodying it. Like, I'm this is me integrating it. I understand that information is that I need to make myself a priority. I have to take care of myself. I have to fill up my cup first. That's why I'm act- actively doing it. I'm integrating it. Right. And that was kind of the question that I proposed to you. Like, are you doing it? Are you integrating the information that you have? That information that's sitting in your brain, it's not making changes unless you're taking action on that information. That's the integration step. And if we can integrate the information that we have, then sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. That's where the transformation comes from. That's where the change comes from. And this is why your hormone revival, by the way, is a three-month container. Build out the space for that integration. And it's why we have the Sunday sessions. It's an opportunity to actually practice what you're learning in the program. It's the information plus the integration regardless, if you do YHR, you still have to create this space if you want to change something. So really think about that. How can you create space to integrate something, integrate the information that you're you're learning about your health, if you want to change your health? Uh, And this applies to obviously anything else, career, business, relationships, anything that you want to change. Now, Let's drill in a little bit more um, to brains and hormones and how brain, our brain really impacts our hormonal health. And if we're trying to balance our hormones and we're not thinking about the brain, then we're missing something pretty major because our brain has to tell everything else in our body, our organs, our glands, our muscles, whatever. The brain has to tell those things what to do. And in order for the brain to communicate effectively and appropriately and precisely, the brain has to be healthy and the brain has to be balanced. Um, We have talked so much about the HPA axis. The HPA axis stands for hypothalamus pituitary Adrenal access so it's a communication system where the hypothalamus communicates with the pituitary gland, which then sends m- chemical messengers to the adrenal glands, and the adrenal glands release hormones and and other compounds to go do things. So all of that re- requires and relies on communication from the brain first because the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland are in the brain. Um, In episode 161, I talked about some of the science about how fear affects the body and the brain. Um, So if you haven't listened to that one yet, and you're kind of like very interested in this topic that I'm talking about now, I would suggest that you pause here, go back and mark that episode, episode 161, as like a play next or download it or save it in some way because this conversation really builds off of that one. And if you're vibing with this one, you're going to want to hear that one too. I can guarantee it. So in that episode, we talked a lot about the limbic system, which is a part of the brain. And the limbic system has this feedback loop, like so many things do in the body. Um, Trauma produces actual physiological changes and it really recalibrates this, the brain's alarm system. Now, trauma, of course, it doesn't have to be this huge event. Um, in that episode, we discuss adverse childhood experiences. We explored illness as trauma, injury, uh, navigating modern healthcare as like a traumatic event. Uh, I mean, it could be as, you know, just navigating the past Two plus years, you know, hormones and neurotransmitters are shot. You know, I do a lot of lab testing in my practice. I'm seeing the effect, the wear down effect on the last two years. Uh, It could be a stressful experience, but. Whatever it is, the initial trauma or the initial experience can impair the limbic system function, um, which includes the amygdala. The amygdala, remember, is our fear center. It activates the fight or flight response. It, it kind of kicks off that whole HPA communication system. It rings the alarm bells. Um, and once the, the alarm bells are rung, it's creating stress hormones, cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, And when then these are released, it then reactivates the limbic system saying, yep, okay, it's stressful, be in fear, you know, stay high alert. And this is why it's referred to as a feedback loop because it's kind of like reinforcing itself. And then with this whole system, the hippocampus in the brain is also involved. The hippocampus uh, stores memory of any trauma so we can protect ourselves in the future you know, so it's kind of like the the classic example is like you touch the hot stove, ouch! Don't do it again. That's stored in the hippocampus. Um, so basically, any past experience of danger will directive will directly activate the amygdala and say we're in danger. So the hippocampus stores it. Hippocampus stores it, and then if it happens again, it's going to activate the amygdala, the fear center, high alert, high alert, high alert, and then the hypothalamus is also involved in all of this. These are just different parts of the brain. Um, And the hypothalamus is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a BFD because it regulates pretty much the entire internal environment. It basically sets up any and all of the chemical uh, messengers that need to be released in the bloodstream. Those chemical messengers are released to go talk to organs and glands and tell them what to do. So of course the uh, hypothalamus is going to like kind of set the pace of all of this. It's going to set, you know, this communication system up, which is going to impact everything, inflammation, autoimmunity, hormones. So the brain and everything that's happening at the level of the brain really impacts, has these downstream impacts. So if we're talking about hormones, right, if we're helping you balance your hormones in YHR, we, of course, we're going to address those downstream things we're going to address things at the level of the adrenals um you know dr- the adrenals that pump out certain chemicals so- certain hormones we're going to address things at the level of the ovaries we're going to address things at the level of the glands that are actually producing the hormones supporting them makes good sense no one's going to argue that um but we also have to swim upstream right this is a functional root cause approach and when it in you know the labs that we run the functional lab testing that we run can really help us drill into specifically what needs to be supported those labs can clue us into the root causes and they can help us see why someone is feeling that the way that they are and that's a really validating feeling when when we can pinpoint and show you that your lived experience how you feel matches up with the data that we're seeing on the lab that's a pretty pretty like, whoa moment, because most people aren't getting that other you know in healthcare. Uh, in fact, just the opposite. Just last or a couple of weeks ago, I shared on Instagram um, some quotes. I, I take lots of notes when I'm working with a client. Um, it's just part of how my brain <laughs> works, pen to paper. P.S. your brain works the same way. So if you're trying to learn something, um, try to take pen or pencil to, to paper rather than just like typing into your phone or into a computer It's kind of like a way to cement it in. But anyway, I I was doing some, I was charting some notes and I was seeing very common pattern. And so these are direct quote polls from clients. I spent five minutes in that office and he dismissed me and told me there's nothing wrong. I've been referred to psychology because they said it's all in my head. My doctor told me your symptoms are annoying, but not dangerous. I always assume it's just in my head because that's what I've been told my whole life. I'm not getting the help I need from providers, right? It's, it is, we're going in, we're saying, this is my experience. This is my story. This is what, how I feel in my body. And then we're being met with, yeah, but like your labs are fine. So maybe here's a prescription for antidepressants. Um, one of my friend works in healthcare and mental health. And she says she's just getting bombarded with people who have real physical Symptoms in their body, but their PCPs are referring them to her to write a prescription for anti-anxiety and antidepressant medication. So we're just—that's constantly being reinforced that these physical things that are going on in your body are not real. Um, so anyway, so I, I do—I love—I love functional lab testing for that reason because it really helps to validate and it helps us to pinpoint and drill in. Um, and because I take a functional approach, of course, I'm using these, but I often joke that I am attempting to get to like the root of the root of the root of the root of the root. So we don't always see that on labs, but the lab gives me an, an entry point to start to be like, ooh, okay, but how did we get here? Especially when it comes to hormones, right? And so if we're trying to get to the root cause of hormone imbalance, we do have to swim upstream. What is the brain Telling these organs to do so, we have that HPA axis that is pumping out stress hormones. Hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal. We have the HPT axis, hypothalamus-pituitary-thyroid, which is pumping out thyroid hormones, and then we have the hypothalamic uh, hypothalamus-pituitary gonadal axis (HPG axis), which is pumping out sex hormones. It's all starting at the level of the hypothalamus. You know, <laughs> that's the top of the axis and the hypothalamus is in the brain. So whatever's happening here is going to affect the entire body. So we have to support all key players, not just the glands themselves. We also want to take a top-down approach. So when somebody says, how do I regulate my hormones? I'm like, I want to go to the brain and I want to help you self-regulate your hormones versus just going in and trying to like replace things like, oh, you're low in, you know, you're low in progesterone, let me just give you some progesterone. Although, you know, that could be super, super supportive where I'm always taking a self-regulate approach if we can, you know, we want to start there. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the estrogen histamine link and so many of you guys were stoked on that episode and were like, give me more, give me more. Um, <laughs> it's like a Britney Spears song, but you have to understand that both of these chemicals happen at the top of the chain. Estrogen gets made based on what the hypothalamus tells the ovaries to do. Histamine is you know, kind of part of the whole infl- inflammatory response and inflammation and stress in the brain can cause mast cells to release histamine. So it's like, what's the brain telling the body to produce? Another uh, really common hormone imbalance is low progesterone. And of course, we make progesterone through ovulation. Unsuccessful ovulation is a huge problem. And so we have to ask why? Well, information from the brain is not getting to the ovaries to encourage ovulation. Why? Well, this can be triggered by any lack of safety signal. This could be stress. This could be underfueling, overtraining, not eating uh, an appropriate diet. This could be thought patterns. But if the hypothalamus is getting signals of lack of safety based on the external environment, then this is going to impact the downstream effects. Um, We also have to kind of understand that we all have our own unique filters, and these filters impact the way that we see the world. Uh, These filters are often based on beliefs that we have built that were based on previous memories, previous experiences. So I can have the same set of circumstances happen to me as you, right? We, can ha- we You and I can both have the same set of circumstances happen, but because of my own unique filters, the way I interpret the experience might be different. And so that's a really important thing to understand and to kind of work through is, is how our filters affect our thoughts, and then our thoughts can trigger the brain and pretty much when it comes to hormone balance, we have to address all of this. And so that's why I build out, because I want to make this available in a hormone program. If this is important for balancing hormones, I want to make this available to you. So that's where the coaching calls come in and the live Sunday sessions come into play. We have to look at our thoughts. Okay. So again, even if you're not going to do YHR, you got to do this part. We have to look at our thoughts. If you're not going to invest in YHR, invest in somebody that can help you with this. Because our thoughts inform our beliefs, which inform our biology and our physical body. So they are not separate from our health. Hear me, hear me. Our thoughts—the thoughts that you think day in and day out—are not separate from your physical health. And uh, this has been said before, and it's like such a good, a good thing to, to really like wrap your head around. Thoughts are not free. So your worries and your fears and your negative dialogue and your thoughts of resentment, all of those thoughts can affect neurotransmitters. They can affect your brain chemistry. They can affect that top-down communication. They can affect what the hypothalamus is saying to other things. And yes, they can affect your hormones. So again, we got to swim upstream and we have to watch your thoughts, question your thoughts, and even question your perception of reality. The thoughts that we think over and over and over again, those become our beliefs. And beliefs get anchored in as truths. And so we start living by those truths, what we perceive to be truths. We start living by those stories. And we start we continue to run this program. I'm sure you've heard before that our habits and our thoughts are all subconscious programming. Like 95% of what we do and what we think are not new, right? It's kind of like that question that I asked at the start of this, are you, do you want the problem or do you want the solution? Right, we're so used to being in that like the same level of consciousness, consciousness, conscious, like the same program running and running and running and running that we have a very hard time making change because change requires us to open up to a new perspective to start to question the program that we've been running, and so. In YHR, these are some big things that I talk about. We talk, I talk about the overarching patterns that I've seen working with thousands of women. There's a, there's a lot of uh, commonalities, right? There's like a lot of common stories. There's a lot of societal patterns and program, programs, and those things really influence our belief about ourselves and our thought patterns. If we want to change, we have to identify like where things get stuck, Andrea talked about this last week and last episode, having these limiting beliefs. We have to have the ability to identify limiting beliefs, stories that we're telling ourselves that might be holding ourselves back. And also specific places where things can get trapped in the body, right? Like where emotions can get stuck. That's a really big uh, live class that I teach is kind of how, how to identify that. And then of course, specific practices to move through them. And I do just want to shout out that while the functional lab testing is awesome for all the reasons that I talked about, we do offer tier two, which is no lab testing. So if if the cost of the program is a real limiter to you, we offer tier two. And all this stuff that I'm talking about, you don't actually need lab testing for this, right? You can participate. You can. Acknowledge your own limiting beliefs. You can identify these things. You can you can do the practices to move through them without having to do a lab test. Um, And then finally, another thing that we have to do is to identify our fears. Okay. You can. This is where I want you to come back again. If you've tuned out, if you're multitasking, come back to me here. We have to identify our fears because we can change our biochemistry by getting out of fear. So if you're in any type of fear, fear of growth, fear of expansion, fear of being seen, fear of getting sick, fear of staying sick, fear of being... Uh, using your voice, being heard, fear of saying no, fear of standing up for yourself, anything, like fill in the blanks. I just did a fear exercise, a couple of, it was a really good exercise. I'm actually going to bring it into YHR because I was like, whoa, this one like moves some things for me. Um, But I had to write out like one goal and then all the fears attached to that, at least 25 I had to write out. I'm like, 25? Oh, it was so easy to do it. And it really makes you pay attention to like how much fear is running the show. We really have like a a finite amount of energy. And so if we're constantly thinking fear-based thoughts, that our creation energy is going toward fear instead of back into your own healing. You know, I've said it before, we can either be in creation mode or uh, or in fear. We can either be in healing, creation mode, or in fear. The two cannot coexist. So which one are you going to choose? And on top of that, to kind of add insult to injury, if you've got that limbic system feedback going on, those thoughts are going to keep lighting it up and lighting it up and lighting it up and lighting it up. Okay? So are you hearing this? This is what I want you to hear. Your thoughts can create changes in your brain, which communicates to the rest of the body. Hormones, stress hormones, neurotransmitters, sex hormones, thyroid hormone, all of these hormones are made in response to what the brain tells the glands to do. If the brain is perpetually perceiving stress or a lack of safety, it will continue to ring the alarm bells and set off that stress cascade. And that was me. I can talk about this. <laughs> I can talk about this with experience because that was me. Um, due to particular life experiences, my limbic system really caught in a feedback loop. My brain was essentially hunting for stressors. I was always scanning the environment for stressors. And when I get, I can tell when I'm getting stressed because I kind of, or like I'm overloaded because I go right back into that pattern. Um, So when I found them, if I did find a stressor, it was like proof positive back to my brain to stay on high alert in little things that might not trigger you, would trigger me because of this limbic system priming and because of my own filters. So like there would be like little mini traumas to my brain. So like certain smells, certain chemicals, certain foods, certain situation and yes, certain thoughts. So addressing this concept of brain resiliency felt like the final frontier of my healing. I'm like this is the secret sauce. This is the stuff. And so that's why I want to bring this brain component even more into the work that I'm doing. So stay tuned. Like I said, I'm in a, um, I didn't say this yet. I'm actually in a brand new training. So, um, I'm going to kind of like talk through these concepts first in YHR, like that's where I'll, the new, new will land there. Um, and then I'm sure at, at some point it will kind of trickle out into, into the podcast. I like to get, you know, real world experience with uh, techniques and modalities before I talk about it on a larger platform. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about stress here, right? I think we have to if we're talking, if it's a health podcast. But I want to remind you that the goal of eradicating all stress is a futile goal. We, we can't do that, right? We can't get rid of all stress. The real goal, I would say, is to change the brain so it's more resilient to the things that might be throwing off its signaling, right? We want to change the brain so things, so stressors won't necessarily launch you into that fight or flight response all the time. Of course, everything I've set up into this point over the past four and a half years is true. You have to assess your life stressors. You have to recognize what's on your plate. You have to do your due diligence to take things off. That bathtub stress analogy that so many of you talk about, and I'm so grateful that that, that has landed, you have to, it's not just like scooping water out of the tub. You have to turn off the faucet. Like, that's part of the work. And the other part of the work is recognizing when our brain is kind of just locked into this fight or flight response and then start to change the brain, right? Because all of this has real physiological downstream effects on your hormones, right? So if we're locked into that limbic system feedback loop, how do we unwind it? Of course, that's the question the how, that's really something we're going to practice in your hormone revival. And I just want to say that this is a practice. It does require practice. If you want to change the the brain, repetition is kind of the name of the game. Um, And if you want to change your hormones and you want to change your body, hey, guess what? You got to change your brain. So if you are in need of support in this area, I do recommend the program. But right now I have three Tips for you to start to pay attention to your own patterns as the first step of change, right? Pay attention to your own patterns. You can't change a pattern if you're not aware of it. So, the first thing is to pay attention to how much you're consuming information versus how much you're integrating. Have you created space in your life to integrate? If not, where can you do this? Um, might I suggest the episode? I don't have the number off the top of my head, but creating a morning ritual, like that is a really great place to start, right? You can access that here. Free monies, podcast, easy peasy. It's a game changer. It has the potential to change your life if you actually do it. Um, but if you're kind of in that consume, 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 kind of like hungry ghost, gotta keep like feeding the beast and consuming and consuming, but never taking the time to embody what you're learning or put it into practice or integrate it, um, this actually is something to really pay attention to because this impulse for consumption actually does have a basis in your brain serotonin is the neurotransmitter that we all know. It's like our happy hormone, right? It helps us feel content. It also helps us sleep. So if you're not content and you're doing a lot of compulsive activities and you're not sleeping, something to pay attention to. If you're low in serotonin. Um, what's a very common thing to do, because your brain is always trying to like balance itself. Your body's always trying to balance itself. So it's like, oh gee, we're low here. Okay. We're going to, we're going to try to get some more over here. So you might be reaching for more reward signaling uh, signaling from a dopamine hit, even though it might not help you feel good consistently long term, it can help you feel good in the moment. And so there really is physiological things that are happening when you're reaching for your phone. We can over excrete uh, excrete dopamine from our blue light, from our devices. And then of course, just getting any notification on the phones like a little dopamine hit, little dopamine hit. Um, So reaching for the phone can actually provide that dopamine hit. And so if you're uh, lower in serotonin, that might feel really good. That incessant scrolling can be dopamine seeking behavior. Other things that do this, wine, like kind of like to wind it down at night, wine can do it. Uh, binge eating can do it. So really think about if this sounds like you. Are you seeking out those reward? Uh, you know those reward behaviors. The next question that I want you to ask yourself. The next tip is that. So these things that you're doing to feel good, recognize that you're doing those to feel good. Sometimes just having the understanding of what's happening inside your brain makes you be like, oh, okay, well, I kind of get it here. It might not be enough to change the behavior, but the understanding can be very, very, very helpful. So recognize that these are things that you might be doing to feel good, number one. Number two, ask yourself, so those things that you're doing to feel good, the scrolling, the binge eating, the wine at night... Are you actually allowing yourself to enjoy those things? This is the dramatic pause because I re- like this is an important thing. So you're doing these things to feel good. Are you allowing yourself to feel good when you do them? Because a lot of people the answer to that is no because we have these attachments and these storylines to behaviors. So let's say you're doing a dopamine Uh, dopamine hit type behavior, like scrolling, reaching for the phone, right? Because your brain's like, I want to feel good. So you're reaching for your phone, but then you have this story that reaching for your phone is not good. You're not going to actually allow yourself to even feel that good sensation. So I just want you to pay attention to all of this and like, what might you be doing to feel good? And then are you disallowing yourself to feel good because you're running it through a filter that says you shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. How can you feel good if you're doing something bad? So actually one uh, um, one kind of like mantra that I worked with for a while uh, about a year ago that I found really helpful is things that I enjoy are good for me. That was the mantra. Things that I enjoy get to be good for me. Things that I enjoy get to be good for me. So like if you're going to do it anyway, can you get some fulfillment out of it? Can you get some enjoyment out of that? Because that, those chemicals of feeling good, really good for the brain, really good for the body. So if you're going to do something and to feel good, but then you're actually feeling guilty about it, not good for the brain, not good for the body. So think about that a little bit. And then the last thing that I want to suggest to you is one final way to support the brain's communication is really to support the overall nervous system. So what type of nervous system supportive practices do you have in place? And are you doing them? Is it like, yeah, I meditate once in a blue moon, or sometimes I go to yoga. Do you have a daily practice because remember in order to change the brain what do we need we need repetition so are you repeating these practices or is it just kind of like a once in a while type of vibe and if it is a once in a while type of vibe why do you feel guilty for doing that do you feel like it's selfish are there storylines about why you shouldn't take care of yourself why you need to be available for everybody else and everything else but not your own well-being ooh okay ooh, maybe we just uncovered something there that's something to pay attention to too but can you commit to doing something daily. Can you commit to it? So in YHR, we have our Sunday sessions together. We have breathwork practices. We have Reiki, art therapy. We have intuition practices. Want my My oldest mentor of all time is coming into the program. I'm so stoked about it. She's never I've never had her come in on any other program before, so this is going to be brand new. Uh, She's going to teach us intuition. She was the one who taught me intuition, how to read energy um, 15 years ago. So she's coming in. We have meditations, multiple different styles, EFT, tapping, kundalini, sound healing, yoga, nidra. So we have lots of different ways to support the brain, to support brain chemistry, to support top-down signaling. And really the purpose of this exposure is to find a practice that you love so you can consistently do it. So if you're not going to participate in the program, I do want you to promise yourself that you can find something and commit to a daily practice. And if you can't commit to 30 minutes a day, do 10 minutes a day. If you can't commit to 10 minutes a day, do five minutes a day. But get that repetition in if you want to change your brain and change your hormones. So I hope this, I know we were kind of all over the place with this episode, but it's all of it kind of fits the, uh, the overall theme, which is like, watch your thoughts, your thoughts influence your physical body. And if we want to change the physical body and change the, uh, the brain chemistry and change the hormonal soup and feel better, then we have to start at the top. So I hope that you'll join me for your hormone revival. Again, we open the cart next week. So I hope to see lots of you there. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.